0: Right, you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh. Oh yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm gonna make a
1: love again.
0: Like The man chronicles. Baby has his Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Make Ave Chronicles Podcast. I am your host, Elias. This week, I had the pleasure of talking to the comedian-actor London Brown, which you've seen him on HBO's Ballers as Fat Reggie. Uh, we talk about his career in the acting world, his uh, stand-up career, and more. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at the MCC Podcast, and on Facebook just by searching the Man Cave Chronicles Podcast. Enjoy this week's episode. It was a, a blast talking to London. London, welcome to the cave.
1: Hey man, how's it going? How's it going? Good man. How are things with you? What's new with you? Man, no complaints, man. I'm just staying focused and keeping at it, man. That's all I can do is try yeah. to keep working, man. You keep grinding. Yeah. You,
0: you keep grinding way. I see it on Instagram all the time.
1: Dude, I, I don't have a backup plan, so I can't afford to just be chilling. <laughs> Ain't no, I don't have a daytime job, so this is it. I better, I better stay focused, man. <laughs> if I want to get anything done.
0: <laughs> so I. Uh... You had a busy, you had a busy career. You know, you do your stand-up comedy, your radio host, and you're being on Ballers.
1: Dude, I, I, like I said, I try to just make sure I always keep something going, and I'm staying productive and and, and forward moving. There you go. If it's not forward moving, dude, uh, I don't do it, man. If it's not forward moving, <laughs> so I want the listeners to get a little know more
0: about you. Where are you originally from?
1: I'm from South Central Los Angeles, man. I grew up right in the hood. And, um, am you know, I have young, younger siblings, I have a family, because I know sometimes as, as artists or as actors, people just assume, you know, that we, there's nobody that exists around us, but yeah, man, I, I I'm the oldest of my siblings and, uh, I, I just, I'm just an artist trying to be on the grind, man.
0: There you go. Well, uh, so as a kid, what were you into growing up?
1: Um... I oh, was into the arts, man. Um I, anything that involved the art, that's that was my whole get out. Know, I have always been an artist. I can't say that that um I can't say that that's something um new. I've always been an, an, an artist. I, I remember the you know, drawing, you know, in grade school and stuff like that and I did the, the school plays and, and uh band and all of that stuff. And uh that was my whole little get out. Know, anything that involved the arts I was I was with it man I was definitely with it dude. Yeah. So how did you uh
0: transition to like stand-up comedy?
1: I got into stand-up basically uh I think that funny people are born and I'm not saying that I'm the the next king of comedy or anything like that but I think that the timing that funny people have is is a gift and I think that's something that's, that's you know that you're born with and um and that's the foundation of it. But basically, how I got going was um, I remember in high school I was always making my friends laugh and stuff like that. But I wasn't the class clown though. But my friends would, you know, laugh at the stuff I was saying how I was said. And um, I had a job working for uh, I was doing uh, what do they call it. Uh, I was doing paper. I was selling newspaper for the Los Angeles Times. And then one of my boss, my bosses said, yo, we have a job talent show. You should tell some jokes. And I was like, I don't really know anything about jokes, but I'll try it. And it started from there. He got me booked at a club. And then I slowed down for a minute because I didn't really know how to get into it. And then I was invited to do an open mic. Uh, oh, actually, before the open mic, I was a teacher. And the teachers were doing a – they did a fundraiser for the kids at a comedy show and one of the staff members signed me up to do some jokes and it started from there i started doing over mics and then ended up opening for chris Tucker on tour for a few years and then uh to where now i i headline um uh, these my own tour so uh, that's kind of the start of it
0: yeah do you have a so when you were doing the little comedy did you have like any favorite comedians that you were looking up to
1: um, well, they're, they're comedians. I definitely respect who I aspire to, you know, uh, at one point be like, but not be like them, but be my version of them, which would be, uh, Patrice O'Neill okay. Peace be upon him. He, he passed away. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrice O'Neal is one of them. Paul Mooney. I like how just, he just tells it how it is. The Chappelle post, the uh, the Chappelle show, um, you know, just there's a, there's a couple that just kind of, you know, there's another one, Ted Alexandro. I just really like these guys' uh, point of view, basically, or how they're able to find a, a refreshing point of view. And you know, of course, Richard sits on, for you know, for most, it sits on the on the throne of comedy. But uh, that's a few. Yeah, you know, that's a few. Do you um? Have
0: you uh, so like you've been performing for a few years now? What are like some of your favorite places to perform out in, in L.A.?
1: Um, I've been performing now. I think be like my ninth to tenth year in stand up, and uh, you know I, I like performing at you know all the all the classics, the you know comedy store, improv, laugh factory, uh, the comedy union is one, haha, ha, the ice house. I mean the clubs in LA, you know, they're, they're pretty yeah, if not as many as they are in New York, it's a totally different scene here in LA. Um but I I appreciate any of these clubs from those from the popular ones to the, you know to the smaller ones like The Gate. Uh you know, the, the there's little holes in the wall spots. I appreciate those cuz all of them I, I grow from doing each and every one of them. Yeah.
0: Do you uh do you ever want to like tour around the country or do you like just performing out towards the west?
1: Uh, I, I'm on tour now. Uh, I've been touring for over a year now. And uh, so working in the United States is good. But also when I was open for Chris Tucker, uh, I've had a chance to go outside of the country. Uh, that, was, that would include like Canada or Europe. So they were, um, you know, tra- traveling here and traveling abroad is definitely uh, appreciated. You know, when anytime I've been, you know, People, fans of me or followers of me Come out to the show and support It's definitely all good, man
0: yeah. How was it opening for somebody like Chris Tucker? Because, you know, I, I was excited When he came back doing stand-up comedy
1: You know, with Chris uh, He was just, first i I'm just You know, it was nice that he was even kind enough To bring me along As the opener He came on, he saw me perform At the Hollywood Improv One night and uh, we exchanged numbers, and he brought me out. And I learned a lot of stuff from him, you know, on stage, but more so off stage, just how he dealt with people, the, uh, how he conducted himself. And and I've always told myself that when I was in the position, to if I was ever or when I was ever in his position, I'll be sure to kind of take some of those notes that I learned from him. And so now that I'm on uh, tour headlining, I, you know, have one of my good buddies with me, Brandon Lewis, or who, uh, or social media wise is at, who is Brandon Lewis and very funny guy from Atlanta who is now in LA. And, um, which I have learned a lot of lessons from Chris and I, I owe Chris that. And, uh, Chris and I, we still talk to this day and really good friends. so He's a good guy, man. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's a great thing about the comedy and the stand up world, you know, like, you know, you, you start, you start headlining or you start opening for certain people and then you become bigger and bigger and then you get to do the same thing for somebody else.
1: If I mean if if your mind, if you if your, your, your hands right then you will, you know, pause if, you, if your mind and your thoughts are together, then hopefully you would continue to try to give back if somebody gave you a shot and that's all I wanna do. I, I won't ever forget the people who were kind enough to give me a shot and that's the as soon as I get in those positions, that's the first thing I try to do is reach back and give others um a shot man, because I, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah.
0: So now you've been doing stand up for like ten years. How did you transition to go and you decided one day that you wanted to try to get into acting?
1: Well, I come from I come from theater first. That's what I was doing first. I started touring doing theater maybe as young as fifteen. And um so my stage presence in stand up actually comes from doing theater. And so when it was to do stand up, it wasn't quite difficult. It was like almost a seamless transition because stand up as opposed to doing a, a, a play where you have let's just say a cast of twelve actors and your company, uh, when I do stand up is just me. So it's like a, a it's like a one act a, a one man play, yeah. you know, uh, with me. So it wasn't that it wasn't like some serious transition it was it was pretty seamless man because i was already used to being on stage in front of people in front of people and i owe i owe my stage presence uh to doing theater and so i i was by the time stand-up came along i had to learn in the reverse where i had to just figure out the writing side of it but uh, as opposed to most comics they probably will learn that the writing side but they have no presence i had presence first and then i had to find my voice which you know as an as a comedian you're always kind of finding a voice until you've been doing it you know quite a bit of time you know so
0: so then after that how did you did you decide you wanted to start doing tv or movies or it just kind of like did it fall on you
1: well again as as my foundation from theater the acting was already there yeah so i've always been pretty clear on what my plan was which was um i i I felt like stand-up was my voice um, as far as my passion, what I was here to do, it was be an artist, but doing, instead it would be the opening tool. And so what I wanted to do is what I'm setting out to do. I want to land a TV show so that I could be in people's homes on a regular basis. And then from TV, land uh, big films. And from the big films, I, I, I think the audience from TV into big films and from big films, I bring them right back to the clubs, theaters, slash arenas. Yeah. That's that's the idea, man. So it's been working out, man. Yeah. I, you oh know,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a grind. I'm not saying I'm there yet, yeah. but I've been fortunate enough to be able to pay bills from just from just doing what I do, man. Yeah. So it's, it's, I don't complain.
0: So you've been on Ballers for since season one, and which I, it's one of my favorite shows. How did you book that role? Okay.
1: Uh, basically, I remember at the time, I got a call from a, a writer. He says, a good friend of mine, a comedian veteran. He was like, yo, uh, have you auditioned for Ballers? I was like, no, nah, not yet. He said, yo, they're looking for you. Can I pass me information? He sent the information to HBO and the casting people. They called me of August, I think, of 2014. Um, I got the call. I, I came in to read for the part, studied, prepared, went in. And um I called back, I got the call back, they got quiet on me, it was call back, call, call back. And then auditioned in August, I got the call back while I was at the gym in October. They said, yo, do you have any obligations here in LA? I was like, no. So, yo, uh, we would like to make your role, uh, lift, push up your role as opposed to being reoccurring. We'd like to make, it, uh, make you one of the, the stars of the show and you have to move to Miami. I said, cool, no problem, and um, I didn't have any obligations here, I have no kids, not married, so I just packed up whatever little bit I had and, and moved to Miami, and that's kind of the, the start of the journey. And now you play Reggie, tell us about
0: his character of Reggie.
1: Reggie, um, ideally his, his, his cousin and slash his best friend has made it to the NFL, and he, uh, the, the guy who makes it in the NFL played by, uh, the character's name is Vernon Littlefield, playing played by Donovan, uh, Carter. He Don uh, Vernon Littlefield brings his buddy with him, like most a lot of athletes that come from the hood as they do. And so in season one, Fat Reggie comes off a little annoying. And, uh, as he's trying to supervise and advise as his financial. Partner, but he doesn't quite know all the ins and outs of it, so he's kind of being a little reckless. But by season four, we understand, we kind of realize that has become a little more responsible and making some business investments uh, that are not only good for himself, but for his client slash cousin, best friend, Brandon Littlefield. Um, and and that's kind of the journey. In season one, Fat Reggie was the antagonist of Spencer, who's played by Dwayne Brock Johnson. And then by season two, three, and four, Fat uh, Reggie kind of connects with Joe Crutell, who's played by Rob Cordry. And uh, people, I think, seen the likes, the chemistry that those two characters have. Yeah. And so now they fall in love with Reggie.
0: So, how did you prepare for a role like that?
1: Uh, I've been around uh, people who I've been around some Reggies before. And so, when it comes to something like this, I just, you know, as actors, we don't ask so much. What if something has happened? We ask what has happened. So I just pull from what has happened, what I have seen, and being around. I know that there's always around any around any superstar. There's usually somebody in the group that is kind of have some some other intent, and can at, at times be a leech and can be a little uh, selfish. And irresponsible. So I just kind of pulled from some of the people that I've come and encounter with along the way. And um, I made those mental notes. And I decided to make apply those ideas to Sad uh, Reggie so that he would be memorable.
0: Yeah. Now, you probably get this question asked a lot. But how does it feel working with somebody like The Rock on the show?
1: You know, you learn a lot. You learn so much not so much on screen. I mean, he does a lot of good stuff there, but you learn a lot of disciplines off screen. Like I know that before, when I was anytime working on the project, I hit the gym before I'm on set. And I owe that to Dwayne because I was like, man, Dwayne has time and the discipline to hit the gym before he gets on set. I definitely can do it. And what hitting the gym does, it just gets your mind focused and ready for the day that's ahead of you. And, um, you know, I try to be come to, to set, come to set very prepared, and I, I, I take on responsibilities as a lead when I work on other projects. And uh, I owe a lot of that to Dwayne because I like the way Dwayne carries himself. Really nice, really humble dude, and uh, he sets the tone on being on the show like Ballers, and I can definitely appreciate that.
0: Um, how many more seasons do you think we're gonna see of
1: Ballers? You know, I definitely could, I couldn't I could call it, man. It's, it's up to the network and, and, and the viewers right now. It's been remaining at the top, and we're going into the fifth season. So I know we have a following. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't even really rest on that and just, you know, it's not like because we're going into the fifth season, I now kick my feet up. Yeah. I just continue to stay working and, and doing stand-up and auditioning because, you know... Uh, you know the the industry is weird and it's funny. You know, you hear one day you're special, the next day you're not. So I don't, I don't even really think about. it. I just keep my head down and keep working.
0: How's the atmosphere on the set? Because like you, not only you know you you play this like character, but also you know you sometimes you interact with like former NFL players or former other sports figures that come onto the show. Uh,
1: for me, it's. Um... It's really cool because everybody comes on the show. They come on the, on set, very professional, knowing the lines, on time, and making it happen. So that's something that I can dig because you know, they don't have to be as nice as they are. They're already well accomplished and everything, but they come on and super cool to work with. Good personalities, man. And no no egos at all from Dwayne all the way down to crew members. No egos at all. Everybody's it's it's a real pleasant atmosphere, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite scene that you were in on Ballers?
1: Um, I think this, my favorite scene might have been uh, whatever my very first scene was. I think it was season one, episode two, because that let me know that I was employed. You know, so that would probably might be my favorite. Might be my favorite scene, man. Uh, maybe that one for those personal reasons and then uh I you know I don't know maybe the more anything that I would get I, I had a chance to tell Dwayne give him a piece of my mind <laughs> you know meant meant something to me man because I'm not like Reggie at all so just to even you know I do more cursing on the show than I do in real life so yeah you know I, I could appreciate just you know being something different on on the show yeah. What's
0: the best advice that you think you received from somebody in the acting world?
1: Uh, I think so maybe the, from the acting world, best advice, I think possibly just to... I don't even know if it's from the acting world, really, but it can apply to the acting world, but it, it can apply to anybody, which is... I, You know what? How about this? Let me be even more clear. My advice would be to people... One things that I kind of live by is find the thing, do the thing that makes you that makes you happy, that fulfills you. When you find out, when you start to pursue the thing that makes you happy, your life changes. And you know, because people are out here these days trying to chase chase money. Money does not make you happy. You know, I mean, it, it, you you find yourself making a lot of money, and you'll still be miserable if you're not fulfilled. Do the thing that makes you happy. Do it well. The money will come. That's for sure. Just do it well. But do the thing that makes you happy first.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. What do you... Uh, so, you know, you be, you say you've been doing stand-up for so many years now. What, what do you say to a fellow comedian that comes up to you and says, you know what, I want to get into acting. What should I do to try to
1: get into it? And the first thing that... I, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll, I'll always, I'm always i always asked this, and I think that my suggestion, I tell them, is to... Get into theater, take a taking acting class. But if you can, you start get into some plays because the work ethic and discipline that you get from doing theater, I think is going to help sustain and keep you. When it comes to uh, these projects that they may book down the line or these auditions that they may come across, um, you get it's tra- training in theater. You can see it's a different kind of monster from screen. There's some great talented screen actors. But the the ones I think I think the ones that we really appreciate uh, are some of the ones we really appreciate. They have a foundation from theater. So get into an acting class, um, you know, and and, and start there, build your resume. So when the auditions come, you're ready and prepared to to knock them down. Mm -hmm. Would
0: you ever do theater again?
1: Absolutely. 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 I would definitely do theater again. In fact, I'm looking for a good theater production to get into in between filming. You know, but I'm on the road a lot, so it's hard to kind of do that right now. Yeah. But I'm I'm definitely open for, for going back to the plays, man. That's it, It's like stand-up, man, because you get the instant gratification and feedback from the audience right then and there. And once, like in a play, once that train gets going, there's no stop, pause, cut, none of that. You, you, the show is moving. It's it's moving. So I, I, I kind of like that pressure.
0: How excited do you get when you get on stage to do uh, stand-up?
1: I try to do it every night. That's how much I like it. I'm filled with ebullience and, and, and I'm excited about it because that's like, man, it's like the one place where I don't actually think about nothing else. Yeah. I can't say that about many other things. I've been on a date and have thought about work, you know. Um, but but stand up is the one place where I'll be, uh, you know, I've gone up there with when I've gone through some serious issues and I tell it right on stage. Um, I, I just sometimes the audience has been very therapeutic. Yeah. And Doing Center has been very therapeutic for me.
0: Do you have like a dream role that you wanna play someday?
1: Yeah, there are a couple of dream roles, man. Like uh there are a couple of films. I like the idea, I like how Will Smith what Will Smith did in and, and Hitch, you know, uh Lorenz Tate what he did in Love Jones. Uh I I like uh I like the oceans, all I like the, some of those roles in the oceans, you know, uh and Denzel has definitely played a couple parts. You know, I I mean I'm pretty over, man. There's, there's some cool there's some cool parts out there, man, where you you know, you see these roles and you're like, Wow, I would definitely like to step into that leading leading role, uh leading role, leading male role right there, man. Yeah. So uh I like the romantic comedy, but um, I like I like a good a good solid drama, but then Tom Cruise makes the action look so cool. But I'm like, man, do I really want to roll? Do I really, or, or even in Fast and Furious, I'm like, do I really want to g- do that much combat and fighting? Yeah. But I think I'm open when the time is right. I'm definitely open, man.
0: <laughs> so, uh, on your downtime, what are, what's some of your like your guilty pleasures? What do you like watching for uh, TV or movies lately?
1: Dude, I like watching horrors a good drama. When I'm not on the road or I'm not filming, I like being home, dude. I like, I, I just want, I like a good, a good home-cooked meal and I like, I like laying, sitting, laying on the couch and watching good movies, dude. That's why I like a good, home-cooked food, watching good movies and that's kind of what I do. Or for fun, I like cutting hair, dude. Uh, you know, if I'm not cooking, I like cutting hair. Whatever it is, I like being home, yeah. doing it. That's kind of what I do. Because my lifestyle is always out and working comedy clubs is late night, and if I'm on set, it's late night, early morning studying. I'm in the gym. So for me, I, you know, I like being home, cooking, cutting hair, watching movies, or watching documentaries on YouTube all day. Yeah. That would be that's ideal for me. Yeah. Are you? Uh,
0: what else do you like doing for hobby? For hobbies, are you into sports or anything? Do you like Do you fun? I do, uh,
1: for as far as I don't even know if i call them hobbies because anything artistic, I don't really just kind of do passively. I really put oh. my heart into them. So I do photography. Uh, I I do photography if I'm not filming or doing stand up or acting. Photography is one of those things I mentioned, um, cutting hair is another. Um, those are some of the things I really enjoy doing where, you know, I'll get up i've I, known been known to i'll be home maybe three in the morning four in the morning and if it's raining or something i'll grab my camera make sure the battery's charged grab a sim card and i will go out drive pull over shoot that's great that sort of thing um and that's another thing that i'm working on working on this book for the homeless and basically i used to feed the homeless and what i've decided what i realized is that the homeless are people too man i think a lot of times most people get looked over because people just dismiss them. But after talking with them and feeding them, because I don't like wasting food, so what I would do is any food, anytime I have food left over, anything, I recook it, heat it up, and uh, make a create a new dish from leftovers, make it nice and fresh and hot for them. I take it out and I feed them. And when I was doing that, I started having conversations, and the conversations led to me understanding where they come from. Yeah. And from that, I was like, yo, man, I need to do something for them, or maybe a little more impactful. So there's a book that I'm working on that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm photographing a lot right now because I've got to, you know, the, this book going not consist of a lot of photos, but I want to use some of the proceeds to help feed them, whether it means, I don't know, clothe them, blanket them, uh, provide food, whatever it is I can do. Uh, I just wanna do something just you know one because it's very helpful and they need it, you know. Uh two, doing these kind of acts keep me very, very grounded. Mm-hmm. I, I know ballers is a great opportunity, but I don't feel like, yo, I'm on ballers so now I'm i I'm I'm in the same status as Dwayne or I'm, I'm this big deal. Mm-hmm. I I'll do things on purpose to stay very, very grounded yeah. and the more yeah. I get, I try to get So
0: that's, yeah, that's one of the things that, That's wonderful We we need more people like you out there
1: Man, We I'm telling you man, Because people say, yo, how do you stay so humble? Listen, it's, it's not even It's not super difficult, man It's yeah. like How can we be self, Self-absorbed With yeah. borrowed goods yeah. I just feel like I've just been fortunate enough to be an artist And I've got these gifts or these abilities They're not for me I'm supposed to give these things away. I'm just, it's like, who, who who drives around in a rental car showing off somebody who doesn't understand where it comes from? Yeah. I know that these gifts are not for me. I, I'm just the recipient of them. So I'm like, yo, if I can help, my I do photography. I, I, I don't have any formal training, but my ability to shoot the way I do, I know is a gift. So the least I can do is use it as a service to my friends. Like, yo, you need some headshots? Hey, let me give you a discount. You know, because I still got to pay bills, but, you know, I got you. I'm like, I'm going to give you hundreds of headshots. You don't even need this me. Yeah. Let me help you out. Because helping others only speeds up our own success. Yeah. And that's how I try to live. And
0: it's not only that, too. It's also networking. You're networking with somebody. There also. you
1: go. There you go. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely, man.
0: Yeah. Any uh, upcoming projects that you want to tell the listeners before we end this? Do you have any other things coming to happen?
1: Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Um, one of the other things, I just did a film called Back to the Good Life. That'll be out in spring of tonight, uh, 2019, produced by the Tate brothers. Or for listeners, you guys may know Lorenz Tate, one of the classic films from the 90s that most people know as "Minister Society, but he's done plenty of other things since then. Um, and it's also starring uh, Kyler Pratt, Estelle, uh, the great singer Estelle. And so that'll be always like a romantic comedy and uh also Asia Eight is another film that's going around in film festivals where I play a paralyzed athlete. And so uh fortunately I was able to win best Actor for that in the film festivals. So this is stuff circulating around and so for people who don't know me, hey, become introduced to me and uh that kind of thing and, and, and I'm 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 coming around, man. I'm making my round. Right now I know some people don't know me. It's all right. But you know, so you'd be like, Oh, that's dude, I remember it from that interview. <laughs> you know, the dude from Ballers, and now you look up and I'll be in a big family here and big film man. there. Yeah. And all that good stuff,
0: man. So yeah. And uh, how can the listeners find you on social media?
1: Yo, uh I'm at Real London Brown, at Real London Brown and you know, follow me on, on Instagram. I'm always going live. I interact with my followers. If you see me on the street, I'm always taking pictures. Don't feel I'm unapproachable. I'm not like Reggie. Don't worry. You know, please, if you see me speak, I'm I'm totally down to earth. And if I'm in in your city at the comic club, you know, hey, man, pull up, man.
0: All right. I want to thank you for coming on, man. This was fun.
1: Yo, man, uh, before, I, uh, leave, before I leave, I didn't get here on my own. I got a great team behind me between my publicists, my managers and reps and the comic clubs that booked me. My followers, thank you so much. And my, my acting coaches and, and everybody else, thank you. I want to thank you guys so much man for having me i know you got tons of people you can add on the show thank you so much man for taking time for me man no oh, no problem thank you Listen, I ain't even got to right rhymes But I do it for the ones with the right minds to get my point across without ever sniffing the white lines To make sure that it flows throughout all the pipelines I ain't trying to pipe down But I'm trying to get it right now This is something you probably should write down It's within our sight now So I'm ready for that fight now Never to see me throwing that white towel I will not fall, I refuse to Knowing I am the one that you all will lose to Not to amuse you, but confuse you and you still trying to figure out who's who loose screws, I got screws loose, I guess that is the way that I infuse you cause I am not afraid, and I am not ashamed, just know for me that this is not a game, let's go, no we never want to run, let's go.